0: Hi, welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. My name is Morgan Thomas, she, her, and I'm a queer therapist and coach. I'm passionate about uplifting the LGBTQ plus community through client-centered care. And I'm also a spiritual practitioner who specializes in tarot. During the pandemic, I embarked on a spiritual journey that led me into questioning everything about myself and my life. I came out as bisexual, left religion, began reading tarot, and started my own business. I'm passionate about sharing honest stories in hopes of bringing healing, curiosity, and new insights into your world. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hello. Thanks
0: for having me. Let's start with your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about you and your therapy business.
1: Yeah. So my name's Emily Marriott. Um, Pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Washington, Um, and I'm the owner and creator of uh, my private practice, which is called Wholesome Therapy, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fully telehealth for the time being, so... I work from home, kind of the remote gig. Mm-hmm. Um, I work primarily with millennial individuals and couples. Um, I would say the things we work on are like communication, mm-hmm. relationships, whether that be like relationship with self or relationship with others, um, romantic partners, family, friends, et cetera. Um, I work with anxiety, depression, ADD mm-hmm. and ADHD and have lived experience there. Yeah. um way process trauma family of origin issues i work with lgbtq plus folks um and kind of walk that journey around identity um mm-hmm. with them i like feel pretty comfortable in that space not that there's an end point to that journey but right. um just like ah, i don't know how i feel but and i'm like yeah that's okay um mm-hmm. and then um a lot of my clients have like boundary setting issues um a lot are like perfectionists overachievers uh like difficulty with work life balance yeah um young entrepreneurs uh going through a big life transition or like craving a big life transition mm-hmm. um yeah so that's kind of like my the people i serve and the things that we um focus on
0: yeah how did you come up with the name wholesome therapy <laughs> um <laughs> don't even know like this was it feels like forever
1: ago and I'm really glad that it still sticks because I feel like with anything like brand Mm -hmm. and like even you know I've seen um, people on social media kind of like revamp and like do all these things Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really big on just like like verbiage language and I always look at the definitions of words and I knew I was kind of like more of a holistic practitioner I guess so Mm -hmm. I feel like I just found the word wholesome and was like, like what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and the definition is pretty much just like holistic. Yeah. Um, so it stuck. And I liked the way like WT looked, Um yeah. like on my logo and yeah, it just kind of stuck. It was no like nothing special. Yeah. Um, I like it, but it works. Yeah. It's worked for me
0: let's talk about your journey into becoming a therapist I'm always curious to hear um everyone's story because mine personally isn't this huge I've always known it's more of a my story is like I just stumbled into it and was like I knew I needed to go to grad school um so I'd love to know your story into becoming a therapist yeah Um, I
1: am the, the, I've always known, which is so like, it almost feels weird even to say that. Um, but I think I was like 16 and I was like, yep, like therapist. That's the thing. Um, back then I used to say, I wanted to be like a couple's marriage therapist, not that I'm not that, but, um, Mm -hmm. I work like heavily with individuals and I used to say, I wanted to be a sex therapist, um, which not that we don't talk about sex, but I don't have the like a sect certification yet (laughs) um maybe I'll do that someday but that's what I used to say I was like in high school and was like that's the thing um but the way that oops I dropped my ring um the way that came about was um I just was like a lot of people that weren't close to me I was like their secret keeper Mm -hmm. um like in classes, like in high school, you know, those people that are like, they don't run in your group, but you have a class together. Mm-hmm. And so your friends, and you like mm-hmm. talk a lot and you're like, wow, like you're not like, you know, in my little clique mm-hmm. uh, um, in high school, but like we share a lot with each other. I just felt like people would be like, I was always kind of intimidated by you. But like, now that I'm talking to you, I've like told you more than I've ever told anybody. And that was just like the biggest honor ever. Yeah. like it's it never scared me. I never like left those conversations feeling like awkward or like, mm-hmm. Ooh, I know too much about so-and-so. Like, I was just like, no, I fucking eat this up. Um, yeah. So that, and then I worked at a tanning salon and a lot of like the women, specifically clients that would come in would just like dump to me. Yes. Like, and I was like 16. I didn't know, like, my ass or my face. And I had no, like, <laughs> right like oh no, God. like, no lived experience. Uh, um, but they would so just funny. be like, oh, my gosh, my divorce or like my this, that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having an affair, whatever, whatever, whatever. And again, I just was like, like, of course, I'm like too young. I have like nothing to say. But they're like, I just I don't know why. I just feel like compelled to share with you. And I was like, I feel compelled to listen. (laughs) Um, So I just knew that like holding people's like stories, experiences and secrets, like never, ever scared me. Mm. Um, And then I like took a psychology class and it just kind of spun from there. So I'm like the weird 1% that like never changed the course, never changed my major, like Mm -hmm. knew I wanted to do the thing, did the thing.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Share with me your journey. And grad school and post-grad and, like, everything leading up to your practice. I'm very intrigued by that.
1: Yeah. um, So I would say, I mean, school-wise, I went to, um, like, the state school in Washington, Washington State University. Mm -hmm. Um, I studied, like, psychology, um, sociology, and human development. Um, My website says, like, anything that makes people tick is, like, my thing mm-hmm. um so I loved all that like that was very affirming again that that was what I wanted to do um I took a year off it wasn't like a oh I did the Peace Corps for a year like right. anything cool I just knew I wasn't ready like to get out of undergrad and then like go right into a grad program yeah. um and yeah I just took a year off I think I was like working like living with friends um and then I went to grad school. I did like a two-year kind of like adult night program, um, which was just like a means to an end. Like, I was just kind of like, got to get, gotta get it done, want to get yeah. it over with. Um, worked that whole time. I was like a nanny. I worked at restaurants. Um, and then it was like I graduated from grad school that July, and I like got my business license and started my private practice. Cause my, my state, my licensure allows that, that you can start private practice right away. So I did that, um, in October, 2018. Um, it was kind of like a side gig because mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I got to do the community mental health thing and, um, get all the supervision that I can kind of like, you know, included in the job. Um, mm-hmm. So my private practice was like a side gig, essentially. Like I knew that was the thing I wanted to do, Um, but I've never felt like strapped down to one thing and I still don't feel that way. Um, I've always been like, I can do anything um, and everything, but um, yeah. So started my private practice, worked for a group practice, like just on weekends. I think I maybe had like six clients that I saw on like Sundays or Saturdays or something. Um, I worked in community mental health for a year, I was in two high schools and that was really, really good, but I made pennies of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, just did built the private practice on the side. Um, then we moved in July, 2019. So I had transferred all my clients online. Um, the ones that wanted to kind of like stay with me, even though I wasn't even going to be able to see them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, And then uh, I worked at a therapeutic boarding school, which is as interesting as it sounds. Um, Basically kind of like parents send their kids to this like very expensive school um, where they like do school, um, do therapy, like there was like equine therapy, like all the things Um, and still seeing clients on the side doing that. Um, that was all pre COVID and then that job like really did not pan out was not what I wanted it to be and just felt really not aligned with who I was. Um, Mm -hmm. so I stopped doing that, had a whole kind of like mental breakdown, super anxious, super depressed, um, worked a non-therapy job, kept my practice online as a side thing. And then fast forward through COVID, um, it was like October 2021. I went full time, like just me. Um, cool. so it's like having a private practice is not new, but doing it as like the only thing, yeah, is very new. Um, yeah, I I've didn't realize worked. you had the practice yeah. for so long. That's a long mm-hmm. time
0: that you've yeah. been in
1: business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like very baby. Like, I moved to West Virginia with I think two clients, and then right, like, two turns to 10. And then you're like, okay, it's nights and weekends. I'm working this other job during the day. And then it was like, ooh, okay. I'm like working 60 hours a week. Yeah, too much. Um, And then I was, it just started weighing of like, any time that I'm not working, my practice is time that's like keeping me financially and just like out of alignment with what I want to really do. So then I was like building the practice. And then it was like, okay, I don't need this other job essentially. So I can let that go and just Mm. like, go full-blown which felt like really really good and super like yep that's the thing (laughs) like this feels great
0: yeah and then how did you start posting on tiktok and instagram like when was that shift of showing up as a professional therapist online Mm -hmm. what what's that journey been like
1: Yeah, I started my Instagram for wholesome therapy like that October, like I think my I'd have to scroll down. But my first I think Instagram post is just like my logo that I had somebody like make off Etsy, like, Mm -hmm. had no idea what I was doing. There was no Canva. There's no like Mm -hmm. reels at the time, like nothing. I was not like talking on stories. I was not like really showing my face. I didn't have a tripod. Like it was just very like, I don't know the way I felt like I started that was like for me. Like, I just wanted a little, like, digital scrapbook of, like, my business. Mm -hmm. Um, I never thought anyone would really, like, care to follow. Um, So it was more, like, for my consumption than, like, creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I got ticked. I started posting. I had to look today. I started posting on TikTok in January, um, like, this year. Um, and then that kind of like doing both just, um, again, I don't have like a ton of giant following, but, um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely grown. Um, so that's been fun. I think, uh, it's just been like a creative outlet. I Mm -hmm. got medicated for my ADHD in April for the first time in my whole life. Um, and it like opened up this creative, like piece of my brain that had just been sitting there. Um, and now I feel like that's what it is. It's like, it's not just the little like scrapbook that I started. It's more just like when I want to be creative, that's the way that I've found is like best or easiest or yeah.
0: I would love to know your process with posting. I've heard you say before that when you go to record something, if it's not what you want in the first try, Mm -hmm. you just let it go and Mm -hmm. move on. I would love to know just kind of your gist with how you get ideas and then how do you think about, you know, what you want to post? And then I'm really intrigued about like, do you just take what's from TikTok and post it on Instagram or do you start on Instagram and post it to TikTok? Are you posting two different things? I'm very curious. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I don't have a lot of like, I know that there's like SEO, SEO ways to like engage and like yeah, like, now that I have, like, a little bit of a following, would I want to grow that? Like, sure. But again, it's, like, once it starts feeling like work, I am, like, nope, like, step away. Yes, um. So, like, do I pay attention to, like, views and likes and stuff? Like, sure. Um. But that's when I'm, like, this is not something that feels like what I want to do. Um. Mm. So, yeah, I just, I don't know if it's, like, my impulsive nature. It's probably the ADHD. But I just am, like, yeah, if I don't get it the first if I have an idea, like set up the sound and it doesn't go the first time, I'm just like you're trying too hard, like walk like just walk wow. away. Like that's not you anymore. Yeah. Because you're just like try I don't know, it just feels really icky. And then I'm like, this is just something I do right now in my pastime. It does not really make me any money. Um, so I'm like I'm not gonna work it that hard. Like Good for you. I don't know, like those, those are, are some boundaries. boundaries. Yeah, I I don't know. Like sometimes I like to do it, and it's like I've I've definitely brought a tripod out where I used to live and like took pictures and like did stuff like that. But yeah. that's like super rare. I just am like mm, no, like don't love it. Um, so I don't like schedule anything. Like I would love to post on both platforms like once a day, every day for thirty days, and like see what that does. But I've never. Done it. Um, and I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, since TikTok's not, I, I started on Instagram, so Instagram feels a little bit more like home.
0: Yeah. Um, but that.
1: Reels are really finicky and like glitchy. Um. Yeah. So I, it just depends. Like, I might be like scrolling TikTok, like see somebody else's TikTok or like use of a audio. I might like save it and film it right then on TikTok, and then some. Like I kind of play around. Um, I don't really have like rhyme or reason to what I post on um, Instagram and what I post on TikTok. But I think TikTok just feels more expansive. Mm. Um, so sometimes, like sometimes, I'll take a TikTok and put it on my story on Instagram, mm-hmm. but I won't make it a reel for whatever reason. I just feel like it's not going to land here. Yeah. Um But TikTok, I feel like is more just like mass, like the most you can do, the most you can post, like just keep it rolling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I don't have like, I think people are like, you're crazy if you're like filming on TikTok and filming on Instagram and just like going around. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do both. It like depends which one I'm engaging with. Um, But probably my favorite part of like all of it is that I once I started being more creative and posting more on both, I stopped consuming as much on both Mm. and I stopped buying as much on both because TikTok, like you probably know is like, I could, I could buy like seven things off Amazon spending 15 minutes on TikTok because someone's like, Hey, you need to buy this. Like there's this consumerism piece, which has its own issues. But um, once I started posting more, I stopped scrolling and consuming which Why? probably doesn't help with the algorithm I don't know I think it's because I only I have this like limited like, I don't know like it's not that I don't want to see what people are posting and I think like yeah. especially on Instagram I, I'm curated to like your feed mm-hmm. um, and like Kristen Casey and like these people that I really really like following but I don't know what well, I cool. noticed like the time I'm spending on TikTok or Instagram now is to create not to consume and that actually feels really good as much as I want to see what everybody else is doing I just don't get in those like I feel that actually
0: yeah yeah I feel like because I'm already spending so much time creating whatever I'm creating that yeah I just like I don't want another second on my phone especially Mm -hmm. with being a telehealth therapist you know you're constantly looking you're looking at your screen all day and then you're creating on your phone and yeah sometimes my eyes just hurt and I'm like I just need Mm -hmm. no stimulation Mm -hmm. yeah for sure what do you enjoy about showing up professionally on social media well really I wouldn't even use the word professionally you show up like you show up as Emily and that includes your profession so what Mm -hmm. do you enjoy about that
1: yeah um I think it's like the it goes I think it goes back to like in grad school they would tell us like you are the intervention like you are Mm -hmm. the tool for your clients and like the relationship is this like I don't know microcosm or like I don't know just like holding that space with like the person that you are and the person that they are just like is the thing Mm -hmm. Um, like I can be trained in EMDR and um, brain spotting and cbt and like all this stuff and at the end of the day i'm like nope like it's just the relationship it's like you know i'm not like putting a lot of myself is in the room not my stuff that's like between me and my therapist but
0: yeah
1: i think um i didn't realize that social media could be like marketing i didn't like use it like that but i think people i've told been told by people that find me they're like i found you I found you on TikTok, I found you on Instagram, I found you on Facebook. Um, And they say, I heard you talk on your stories, and you just sounded really normal. And (laughs) like, yeah, you know, like somebody that I could share with somebody that I can open up with. And that feedback is like, like dopamine dump, um, to the extreme of just like, wow, I'm doing something that's not, it's not work. It's just like, this is who I am. Um, And that like, benefits my practice. Um, but I think it sounds kind of like cheesy. I'm sure other people say this too, but if one of my videos helps one person, then I'm like solid. Great. Like I can sleep (laughs) at night Mm -hmm. with that. Um, so I, I just like that, um, to like, I don't know, be like a free resource, I guess. Um, and then like, I would say like demystifying therapy, Um, that it's not this like, you know, Mm -hmm. like suit and tie and how does that make you feel and laying on um, a couch? Yeah. Like, I just, I, I think there's a lot of like confusion and like misinformation and people really don't know how this whole like therapy thing works. Um, and even if my clients don't see me or I guess people like on social media, like if they're not going to work with me, I hope that they know that there's people being people in this profession and they're, they're ethical and they're like safe and they're educated and they have all the tools and they have a niche and they practice within their scope. But at the end of the day, I am just as much a therapist as I am a client. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that even if they don't come seek my right, like my services um, then they're like, Oh, well, there's gotta be more people that are also like very normal and swear. Yeah and talk like this and maybe look like me or yeah. live like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just creates this like less of a disconnect between therapists and clients, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that feels good.
0: Something I'm, I'm very passionate about. And I see this in you as well Is like, yes, I'm a person with expertise and education and all those things, that doesn't make me any less human where like, I like to dance and I like to rant and, you know, I have strong opinions and I'm passionate about things and I like to wear, um, you know, whatever I want to wear. And I've just really found myself having to unlearn what it means to be a professional. And that when Mm -hmm. I'm looking to work with someone, whether that's a therapist or someone in the helping space, like I want someone who keeps it Real. I don't want someone who has this professional facade that mm-hmm. when they get off their stories, they're like, Whew, that was exhausting and not me. Um. Yes. So, but it, you know, I still have kind of that negative thought pattern of like, oh Morgan, like mm-hmm. you're being too silly, you're being too forward, mm-hmm. like you're not professional mm-hmm. enough. Um yeah. do you struggle with that or feel the yeah. same way? Or
1: yeah, I think um I think I didn't do myself any favors trying to build my practice being anything but me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I can't think of times where I've like worked with people and like was, was caught up in that. Um, yeah. Because I just like, can't like, I just can't <laughs> not be me. yeah. Um, and th- that just feels really, like icky and not authentic and Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like if if i'm me and that doesn't work for you that's perfect like that's not a concern but i don't like the idea of like not being myself and not working for somebody Mm -hmm. like uh, i'm just like you can you can find those people if that's what you want if you want a therapist that like doesn't show their humanness like those are out there and you can find that but that person's not me um and feeling this like obligation to make that clear to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I do really like think it's such a gift to engage with my therapist. And I like learn so much about myself, obviously from her and like Mm -hmm. the way that she is with me. And then to like, not like, you know, give that back to my clients, but kind of like they benefit from me being in therapy and being a human and working on myself. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no better. I think that was the thing. Like, I think I became a therapist because I thought I didn't have any shit. Like I was, I mm. truly, I was young, like, right. I decided when I was 16 and I was just like, yeah, I'm really like well-rounded and like mm-hmm. level-headed and I love um, that. <laughs> like I give sound advice. And then I got into grad school and it was like that TikTok noise from mm. Euphoria where they're like, oh, like this plays about us. That's how I felt in grad school It was just like, oh fuck. No, I am the client. Like I am the person that benefits from all of this. And then just like deconstructing the, like, I am no better. Mm. Like I am no fucking like, yes, I have the schooling. I have a ton of knowledge. Like, and I, I lean on that, but like, no, I I am just as much like in the, in the weeds, in the work. Um, But I don't think my, my clients, I don't think seek right. Like the people that I work with, I don't think they're seeking somebody that, feels like they're on the other side of, of therapy or of healing or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. that just doesn't work for them. Um, and I think that's why they find me and they're like, okay, yeah, this feels, this feels nice or safe or, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's an expert in some ways, but she's not an expert
0: in my life. Yeah. So in grad school, yeah. I feel like I had a a similar thought of like, yeah, I'm i I'm a good student and this, you know, I, I love helping people. And then I got to grad school and that's when I first started my like intense therapy journey as the mm-hmm. client, like seeing a therapist at once a week for like two years um mm-hmm. just just when you start peeling the layers back, it's like you can't stop peeling, just like yes, yeah, you can't unsee, and then you have this education that's so helpful, but then you're also like identifying with a lot of it um yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it was a wild experience being in grad school with all the healing that was happening while the education was happening while throwing me out to be a therapist for clients that I had never done that before. I'm sure you felt similarly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'm like very just like social by nature. So like that part was never like, I never had to work on like eye contact, um, mm-hmm. just like no- nothing about being with another human in conversation or even just listening makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like focusing so heavily on like, oh, I need to say the right thing or have the right intervention, blah, blah, blah. Like just like built that up all of grad school. And then I got out and I was like, wait, whoa, no, that's like, <laughs> they are not looking for that yeah. at all. Um, so yeah, I, it's a trip and me and my therapist talk about a lot that like I dance a lot with the, like how to show up as a therapist and then to like, right, take off that hat and like just be a friend or just be a partner or just be a sister or a daughter Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And some of it, I, I can continue to work on that and like be better with those boundaries. But my therapist is always like, dude, this is like how we speak. Like when people are like, oh, you know, like stop like talking to me like a therapist. There is just part of like, this is how I communicate. This is how I understand yeah. the world. And it like, you know, it's not like, oh, like you're having a really hard time. <laughs> like I just yeah. like do this like shrug thing. Right. Because, like that's not who I am. I don't think that was ever who I was. I'm just like, so like, wait, how do you feel? Like what? Yeah. Like tell me about that. Um, so yeah, it's your, that's like nature. a weird dance yeah my therapist is always like no no no, Emily like don't like it's okay because that's just like it's really part of who you are and it's part of who you were before you even got into the work Mm -hmm. um so that's like such a trip it's just like uh, when do you turn this off like yeah there's there's like time and place for that and like my friends are not my clients ever and like that right. Is so right that's inappropriate that's not what they're looking for from me yada yada, yada. Mm-hmm. but like just the way that I like speak or understand like relationships and communication and
0: you can't stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no
1: <laughs> no and there's no wonder I like watch the shows that I watch and mm-hmm. um like I I don't try to turn away from that at all. I like eat it up. I watch intervention I watch hoarders. I like true crime is fascinating. Certain like reality TV is fascinating because I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like human behavior. I'm like such a nerd for that.
0: Absolutely. When you're looking to follow other therapists or work with somebody or yeah, what do you enjoy seeing from other social media therapists? What what feels good to you to see and then maybe what feels not so good or you kind of feel a disconnect with.
1: Yeah. um, I think like authenticity, like I I get, I get professionally why people like share or don't share like, you know, like the privacy piece like that all I'm like cool with. But Mm -hmm. um, I think like, I don't know, this one's hard because I think I kind of am looking for people to just show up as themselves,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and not like I think there's plenty of room for everybody in the mm-hmm. space. Like I think we've all like I, I don't feel like anybody's like post or real or whatever on the same topic or even like quite literally the same like mm-hmm. quote from somebody or the same this and that. Like there's just space for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I guess I just look for people to speak like true to like who they are their practice like their mm. like offerings like what they're into um, and not like stay in their lane because I, that can always change like mm-hmm. the therapist that I used to describe myself as in like 2020 is probably not quite the same as it is now Um, but I guess like overall authenticity is just what I look for like just people being human mm-hmm. Um, and again it's my own like I get the like heebie jeebies when it's too like curated and it's too like yes record and like eh, and like I, I don't know I just that like sometimes I see that in other people and I'm just like yeah I don't know like this is not something I want in my feed and it's not even personal it's just like this right. is just not for me like right um yeah. yeah I I also think um kind of like a immediate turnoff is when things are too simplified. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people Mm -hmm. in human behavior and mental health is, like, so complex. And sometimes even when I post, I'm, like, "Ah, I'm just, like, making it sound too simple. Like, just do it, you know? Like, just, like, if you're scared of the thing, just do it. Like, lean into it. Like, I'm even, like, yes, that's what I'm saying. But, like,
0: there's so much more
1: yeah I get really really paranoid about making things sound like oversimplified and if you look at like my captions or anything I often say that like I'm not trying to oversimplify anything this is so complex and like kind of like take what you want from this or apply Mm -hmm. as needed um but I mostly it's like the everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. like the like that type of stuff I'm just like (sighs) like no not for me like just really Mm. not for me at all Mm -hmm. um because people are like so complex and the thing that works with one of my clients and another client Mm -hmm. that might present with a lot of similar like issues or upbringing or identity like it's not gonna fly for them so yeah
0: like the reels I'm thinking of the reels that are like try these three things um and your anxiety will completely go away. And then it's like a little screen yes. grab thing. And then it's like, take a deep breath, drink some water. It's like, okay, no, like, yes yeah. and no. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Like, and that brings up a whole different can of worms, which is that I'm really big on, I say this to a lot of my clients, if any of them fucking listen to this, they're going to be like, bitch, I've heard you say that. Um, The like that we are um what's the term like being without anxiety or being without depression like that we're doing things to make that go away I'm like (laughs) no no like Mm -hmm. no my goal is to not make anybody's anxiety go away Mm. I always say like if we can get like if you're having seven panic attacks a week if we can get that down to four like yeah. I am so happy if we can get something that feels 10 out of 10 intensity down to a seven right. and we can move through it and live with it and exist with it. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Like I am not going to blow smoke up anyone's ass and be like, yeah, we're going to make your anxiety non-existent. Like, no, what? That's yeah. fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And if someone's doing that, if someone is curing anybody of anything, I'd love to know what you're doing. I would love to hear it and see it and let me know what that looks like. Um, But I'm way more about like living with like managing Mm -hmm. uh, making space for like not letting like other things in your life, like be derailed by that. Like kind of like owning it. Um, So yeah, anything that's like making things fully go away feels really icky to me usually Mm -hmm. I'm just like "Mm, nope that's I don't think that's realistic
0: yeah and I've noticed on social media I don't know if you feel the same like we're destigmatizing mental Mm -hmm. health and I feel like yeah when it comes to mild maybe moderate anxiety or depression but when we're talking about other mental health disorders I really feel Mm -hmm. like there's still so much stigma. And I think you were kind of speaking to this earlier, of just like people will need to stay in their own lane, their own scope, especially on social media. When so many of us, all of us are, if you're on socials, like you're consuming so much and so much. And so when you say something like a really big statement of like, you know, drinking water can help your stop your anxiety. It just... I think we have just this really ethical standard to as therapists on social media, media, to not be perfect, to just be Mm -hmm. really aware of what we're saying and have disclaimers and, and things like Mm -hmm. that. I think those kind of two Mm -hmm. points in one, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like, I, it's, I, I think there's quite a phenomenon with like, self-diagnosing and like um going through reddit and being on subreddit Mm -hmm. being like that's the thing that's you know um whatever and i i do appreciate social media for Mm -hmm. like amplifying like voices and experiences and people feeling seen and not alone um but as far as like the treatment goes that could look so different that could include meds that could not include meds that could include like mindfulness practices that could not include that
0: yeah. like
1: the person who has all the resources and all of the privilege in the world will not experience their mental health journey treatment the same as the person who like isn't even on social media because they don't have wi-fi they don't have a phone right. like it's just like yeah the people you know there's like such different consumption um like levels and like yes yeah it just gets it gets sticky and dicey. And mm-hmm. um yeah, I try to like as often as I'm speaking as a like professional with like schooling and training and, you know, all of that I try to just also speak as like a human who mm-hmm. walks a lot of this myself, I guess. Um But yeah, it's sticky. I try to Yeah, this is not TikTok is not therapy Mm -hmm. and like I I I say that a lot like
0: I see you post a lot like this is not therapy
1: no but what like it could not be further from therapy (laughs) right and this tiktoker this this blogger this um person on Instagram whatever like they are speaking to like the masses where therapy is so like in my opinion like curated for you that's your 50 minutes like absolutely you know, like I, I try to speak to millennials, anxious millennial, like I have like a niche and that's where I feel comfortable and like have seen a lot of like growth and change with people. But mm. I, I would never claim like there is no one size fits all. And it's definitely not like on social media. I just I like awareness in those spaces yeah. and, and talking about emotions and all that. But beyond that, it's like, nope, that's between you and your provider. And I hope that people can find that person. Um, yeah. Even like speaking about like, even when I speak about like, oh, like this is a really good thing to unpack with your therapist. Like when I say therapist, I mean the therapist for you, not your therapist that you feel like you can't share with. Yeah. You know, like I even try to make that caveat of like when I'm speaking about like this would, you know, like here's a journal prompt and this could be really cool to like unpack with your therapist if you haven't already. Like I am speaking about the best scenario, like the person that is right for you mm-hmm. while understanding that it's really fucking hard to find that. Like I feel so privileged, but I know mo- like a lot of people are seeing therapists. They're like, I don't know if I really vibe with them. Yeah.
0: That's and I'm like, yeah, do you know
1: don't do that work with that. Like, you know, find somebody else. Um, yeah. Like if, if you can't right? it's all about like, what resources do you have? Like insurance, all the things, but, um, you know, that just gets really sticky.
0: Yeah. I've had some, some poor therapist experiences as the client and Mm it, it really knocks you down and like makes it hard. I just started therapy again. Um, and I'm excited for it because they're LGBTQ plus. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. a good start. Um, mm-hmm. But I've had some really poor experiences where I was just like, maybe therapy's not for me right now. Cause I, yeah. but I've also had really great therapists for like a year at a time where we did so much work. Um, and I just always tell people like treat, finding a therapist, like you're going on dates, like interview them, yeah. ask them what they're, their beliefs are, uh, what mm-hmm. do they find important? What do they value? What's their style? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so often we just, in our society, we look at authority figures or people with education and we're like, they know more than me. And we like give our kind of autonomy mm-hmm. and power away when really, yeah. you know, cliche therapy statement, but you are the expert. And if something doesn't feel good to what this person's, this therapist is saying, like you get, they don't have to be right, you know, just because they have a master's degree or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like really big on, um, like in high school, I learned about like, I was in a bunch of leadership stuff. So like, this is probably where all the like human behavior stuff came from and the interest, but even like sitting on the same level as people was something I learned about. Like if everyone's sitting on the ground and you're giving a speech, standing up, like that doesn't feel right. So like sit on the ground with people. And that's kind of what I say to clients is like, I am not, I am not above you. I am like bearing witness to your experience on this Mm. very like your level. Like, yes, I carry expertise in X, Y, Z areas and have, right? Training, whatever. But you are the expert in your life. And I am simply bearing witness to your experience and holding space. That's it. I am not pushing you. I am not pulling you. I am not above you and trying to pull you up. Like, it is just very like we're on the same level. Um, And some people don't like that they want maybe somebody that's going to like, tell them what to do. And I'm like, that's for sure not me. I invite you to go find that with somebody but like, yeah, that is not my style. Um, So that gets a little complex. But I also think, um, I think a lot of clients don't know this. And I try to talk about this a lot too. But um, I was in a sorority and like being in a sorority, they talk about mutual selection, like, this has to be the sorority for you. Mm. And like, we have to want somebody like you in our sorority. And as controversial as all of that world is (laughs) for its own obvious shit I do like use that term of like mutual selection like Mm. I could have a client feel like oh I really want to work with you Emily but if they don't kind of like fit in my like ideal client and the person that I best serve like it's not a good fit so it's like I there has to be this like mutual like you are a good fit for me I'm a good fit for you and that fosters the best environment to do really good work um, I think people often like miss that piece, um or it's just not spoken about that like we do we don't serve everybody, and that's like for ethical reasons, so we don't like practice out of our scope um yeah. so that's big on like finding a therapist is like they that you know they might keep seeing you, they might not express any concern around like you know you working through things in your life that they aren't really like qualified to work with you on but it it really is like a mutual thing for me like it's a relationship it's a really unique one like nothing Mm -hmm. else ever but absolutely uh, you know it's still a relationship and like choosing to engage in that and sometimes work through the like hard stuff like hey you said blank 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 and that really like rubbed me the wrong way um just like any relationship like we can like heal hurt in that space together and if that feels safe, like, please have that conversation with your therapist. If there's something that's not vibing, like, absolutely.
0: But yeah. Thank you so much for being here today um, and sharing all of your experience and your thoughts. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to know how um, potential clients can work with you if you're looking for new therapy clients. And then also, how can we follow you on socials?
1: Yeah. Um so it's just at wholesome therapy on Instagram and TikTok. Um I'll probably get a Twitter soon. Um just, you know, just add something else to the plate. Right. Um, I am on Psychology Today, which is like the biggest like therapist directory I think that there probably is. Mm-hmm. Um so you can find me on there. Um my website is just my first name last name.com, emilymariott.com. Um, I do have openings for new clients and those people can schedule like a 15 minute free phone consultation and we can chat and see if I'm the right fit. And if if telehealth is appropriate, Um, they do have to live in Washington. So that's kind of like the caveat. Um, And then I have like an Amazon storefront because why not? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just different things like that. But my website is a great place to start. Um I have like a link in my bio on my TikTok um, that has a ton of different links mm-hmm. um to different places and things that I like to do in the more creative space. Um yeah.
0: Cool. Do you have any final thoughts or things you'd like to share before uh, we go today?
1: No, I think this was so fun and I'm just like so glad that we found each other and got to like yeah. visit. Um And it feels, like, aligned and authentic, I think, Mm -hmm. for, like, both of us, um, which is the things that I engage in. Mm -hmm. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, it's felt fun. And I hope we can do it again soon, either recorded or not recorded.
0: Thank you, Emily.
1: Yeah.